This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome back to the grim darkness of the 41st millennium. I'm Inquisitor Temperance Price, keeper of the Inquisition's Black Library, and this is the third volume in a report on the Valentine Heresy, an actual play podcast set in the Genesis adaptation of Warhammer 40,000's Dark Heresy RPG. This report features Game Master Tom McGee and players Ryan Laplante as Inquisitor Lucius Valentine, Tyler Hewitt as Atticus Viz, Laura Hamstra as Eli Sharp, and Della Borovic as Morgan Rawls. My report shows that the Inquisitorial Band has found security, staff, and criminal contacts. Valentine organized the hiring, Atticus coached Hugh to harness his personal power, Morgan discovered some criminal allies, and Eli struggled to keep up appearances. What will our heroes discover when they look into Atticus's romantic rivals? Find out next in this episode of the Valentine Heresy. From the Lizardman Letter It is, of course, well known in the society that the race is one of the most exciting events that can occur in a season. After all, some choose to live on the edge, try to go real fast. Others prefer a safer route and often come out ahead. Who knows what will happen this year? All I know is that it will be entertaining as shit, particularly given the arrival of a certain rogue trader who I believe is going to upend things rather spectacularly. Stay tuned. So unlike uh, Gideon Kotov's like murderer collage, uh, this is like a um, almost like a, a like a real estate event where there's just like very polite packets of information that have been set up. Um, Hugh has managed to get some like a frame, um, uh, so not a frame. That's the wrong term, but um, just some like very uh, thin easels and has like mm. set up like a picture of, of each uh, major rival for you. <laughs> um, that said, it does feel um, like a little bit like it's happening in like a dank church basement because the place mm-hmm. still hasn't been renovated. So it's like <laughs> all the stuff he's setting up is very nice. He's got like um, he's put down. Um, sort of like f- nice new blankets over some of the the, the grotty rotted chairs uh, to try and give you you all somewhere nice to sit, or certainly at least uh, Francois Van Houten, um, his his lord, uh, Atticus. A blanket on a chair seems unnecessary <laughs> to you, but you know here we are. Um, blanket on a chair. So um, he uh, he welcomes you all in. Um, he has uh, he's got a little um, sort of uh, fuel burning element going. He's got like a little uh, like a teapot ready. He's got some uh, just a variety of chipped cups of that he's clearly washed, but are of a variety of kind of broken things. Um, and then he also has uh, 
It's <laughs> like the equivalent of a fistful of like McDonald's sugar packets, just like thrown down next to it because there's no, there's nothing here. So yeah. he's, he, he's kind of just got what he's got from his car. Um, <laughs> and uh, he uh, he welcomes you in um, and says, uh, ah, yes, uh, Lord Van Houten, um, uh, Captain, um, hangers on, uh, welcome. Um, it, uh, I'm I'm excited to to give you sort of a, a rundown on on your rivals. I, I would ask in advance: Do you have any questions for me up front that you'd like me to keep in mind, or things you're particularly interested in? Are there a list of strengths that these potential suitors have? Something for us to be aware of in our interactions. Um, he, uh, he kind of gives you like a half nod, like one of those sort of like, hmm, nods, um, and, uh, explains, uh, well, um, we certainly know what the houses are most famous for. Um, in this particular instance, all of these, uh, these heirs are, uh, rather eligible, um, but, uh, none of them have ever truly vied for someone in a season. They've been vied for, but, uh, without, uh, someone of the Duke's caliber, there hasn't been any need for any of them to really show what they've got. So we have a rough sense of who they are, but we don't have, um, we've never seen any of them fully compete for someone's hand before. Um, but um, we should be able to get a rather good sense of them just from the, the what, what is known about their houses should help a little bit uh, as well as their station. And certainly at least one of them has a rather um, notorious reputation uh, in, in the society. It's a bit of a, bit of a man about town um, as it were. So uh, some reputations will proceed, um, and we do have some some details that you you can draw from. Um, I'm going to need a roll to see how much information you're going to get from Hugh on this particular instance. I'm not going to roll for Hugh because that's insane, <laughs> um, and he doesn't have stats. He's just a, a person floating around. I have full <laughs> minion stats or some nonsense. So um, I think ultimately I'm probably going to want a streetwise check. Um, I would take this from Valentine, given that you're kind of sure. managing Hugh uh, at this point, um, with uh, probably Morgan assisting. Sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I'll use my score and then add a boost for Morgan. I think so, because Morgan's been dealing with the criminal element, so it makes sense to me that if she was focused there, you would be more focused on like what details do we get from the society itself. Yep, that makes sense. Uh, what's our difficulty, Tom? Um, difficulty is going to be... Um, Two, uh, Hugh is is uh, a, a an apprentice clerk, so he doesn't have access to everything. But mm -hmm. he's also has grown up in in this place, so he's certainly heard rumblings and grumblings. Um, yeah, and in a world this wealthy, we'd be more interested in the grumblings than we would in the official story of any mm. incredibly wealthy person, for sure. And it's just it, it, <laughs> I'm gonna say we'd be more interested in the grumblings than the rumblings. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not here for the rumblings; those are for lesser people. <laughs> the and I can take or leave, but the <laughs> rumblings for certain. Yeah, the um the challenge here is uh, that because these folks basically haven't had their equivalent of like a coming out party, no one really knows what their deal is. They are yeah. known; they're around. But they're always seen like on the arm of the, you know, patriarch or matriarch or patriarchal person of. They're like those weird pharma billionaires where you're like, well, we have three photos and we know what the company does. But yeah, I don't yeah. know. They went to the Met Gala once. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's very much that or literally in like a Bridgerton-esque thing. It's like, hey, there's that hot lady who's always there with like this lord. And we don't know. We know she's his daughter. We don't know anything about her other than she's like there. And yeah. it's like, surprise, she can play the violin with a gun. And you're like, oh, <laughs> fuck, okay. Um, wow. But till then, you're just like, oh, Guys, yeah. I have not seen Bridgerton yet. And now I know 
what kind of things I'm missing out Spoilies. on? Spoilies. Gun I watch violence. Gun violence. Mm. I assume I haven't finished season two, but I feel like they're building to gun violence. It's really the only way. <laughs> okay, so I can skip season one. <laughs> uh, it's the better of the two. Okay, so um, yeah, two difficulty, uh, boost from Morgan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd actually say we can probably say two boost from Morgan, given that you have a criminal network starting to deliver stuff. So like Hugh might randomly find envelopes in his car that he has not seen before um, Jesus. that uh so Got yeah. the hookups exactly yeah um so to boost um in terms of setbacks i think it's kind of just captured in the difficulty honestly i don't think like hugh is good at his job so it's not like okay you take a, a minus for hugh being an idiot or anything um yeah i think that's it for me and uh we haven't used story points in a long time but we're at like i believe two and three yep uh <laughs> Yeah, I, I feel like I feel I'm like this is down forever. At I two feel like and this three. is well, it's two for us and three for him. So it's yeah. the, the opposite of our usual three and two. Yeah, but it's right. always just oh yeah, yeah. a two <laughs> and a three belonging yeah. to one party. Also, or the other. keep in mind you can burn story points for um for plot things. So this is also like we're gonna do a roll for this one because that's the way it panned out. But don't be afraid to just be like, I want to spend a story point to learn to X. learn about this. Yeah, cool. we may we right. may do that in future. But I feel like with this being Hugh, this should just be yeah. a roll, and then we agree. can do yep. our own work after. Four successes. All right. Well, I'll just hand you my notebook. Uh, <laughs> Yay. Okay. Excellent. <clears throat> That's all I ever wanted. <laughs> um, okay. So uh, the uh, the first person um, is uh, Guinevere Bonsong. Um, uh, he says, uh, kind of gestures to her. Uh, she's uh, She's got a Florence Pugh vibe going on. Um, so just kind of like uh, a bit of a... Um, like a, a sly smile, but also very like seems very approachable. Like even the photo is very warm. Um, again, that these are like 40k photos, so keep in mind that there is a, a like sepia kind of filtered quality to it. Um, that it's <laughs> not like, despite how bright and cheery this place is, the technology is still the rotting technology of the grim dark future. Um, so um, there's a photo of her, uh, and he says, uh, "So um, I, I believe you've already encountered uh, 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 Lady Bonsong's um, generosity. As I mentioned, um, she is a uh, a product of tremendous tragedy, but uh, hasn't seemed to have uh, allowed that to um, impede her her good spirit. She's generally uh, known as as generous and kind, um, while also being incredibly capable and uh, intelligent." Uh, throughout the the society, um, which of course has led to a great deal of resentment, not because of any action she has taken, but rather because of the actions she takes. Um, A lot of folks are mad that she's able to balance all of these things without um, seeming to have any dark secret or, you know, there aren't rumors that she beats her servants or anything. And normally that is kind of what goes hand in hand with huge outward generosity. um, And it's there's something about it, an incredibly genuine person um, who has risen above tragedy that seems to really piss off the society. So she is welcome in every house, um, but also, uh, I believe, holds a mirror up to the people in those houses in a way that they do not particularly care for. Um, her parents, uh, as I mentioned, died in a crash along with her elder brother. So she is currently um, running um, the Ball and Song family um, and seems to be doing a fairly decent job of it, all things considered, given that she was sort of thrust into this, this circumstance. Um, she is still uh, observing uh, mourning in her own way, but uh, has reintegrated into the society rather quickly, largely because she's the only one available to run the house. House Song is very well off. Um, as I mentioned previously, they were one of the, the first in um, when Greybridge uh, was established. 
the planet uh, once had a, a, a variety of, uh, of societies on it, uh, some of whom uh, fell in with uh, the um, un- unspeakable enemy of, of uh, the Imperium and were, um, as, as we were told, uh, nuked into the ground, uh, as it were. So from the ashes rose Greybridge, and they were some of the first folks here um, and set up one of the first shipyards, and as a result have made a mint um, building some of the best ships. Now they really only do custom jobs. Uh, as uh, rumor has it um, that a, a ball and song custom is really only made once every 10 years. They spend a mm-hmm. long time making it. They're incredibly expensive, and a lot of them go straight to Terra. Um, next, and it just kind of moves over, uh, and there's a... Um, uh, just a Paul Rudd looking looking guy, um, nice easy smile. Um, the outfit you can see, even from your kind of limited knowledge of fancy clothes, is like a little much. There's just like collars where there were no collars before. Like wow, it's just a, a lot of. Um, it, it's weirdly like I think Morgan, what you feared Atticus was going to look like when you you, <laughs> you gussied him up, where it's just like. Oh, this is quite a lot. Mm. Um, and uh, Hugh says, uh, oh, and also you guys can jump in with questions at any point. Like, I'm going to monologue until you cut me off. So That's fine. We're learning important information. Yeah. It gives us like four or five bullet points per person, which I can keep track of. So this is good. Okay, great. Yep. Um, so seeing that there's no questions, he moves on to the next one. Uh, he says, uh, this is uh, Robbie uh, Bobberstein. Mm, um, yes. Robbie uh, is, well, Robert is his, his given name, but he insists on being called Robbie. Um, he is, uh, well, the Bobberstein family is relatively uh, new money um, and here in the society. Um, they have noticed uh, some rather uh, glaring gaps in the um, needs here on the planet and have uh, proceeded to fill those. I will say, as you can probably see from our technology, there's a certain style that uh, the planet uh, and the society tends to adhere to. Uh, however, that has meant that as uh, technology has uh, progressed and improved and new things have been discovered by the Mechanicus, often those uh, progressions don't reach us um, for quite some time. Uh, so simple things uh, like rigging up um, better video terminals, um, the uh, advent of uh, slightly more advanced uh, flyers, uh, more uh, anti-grav vehicles, all of those can be traced to um, the, the Bobberstein family who um, immigrated from off-world uh, and have arrived here and have, have made a bit of a splash. Of course, with that comes some deal of resentment from some of the older families who have been here since Greybridge's founding, um, as well as uh, the, the unfortunate uh, trend in, in uh, particularly Robbie's life, of desperately wanting to be viewed as an equal by the other houses. It has led him to certain excesses of uh, spending, fashion, and attitude that... Some find distasteful, but whether that is his fault or theirs remains to be seen. He is generally genial, uh, pleasant, if um, a bit um, naive when it comes to certain things. He has been born into money, has not earned it, and does not understand what his family went through in order to establish themselves here at Greybridge. Uh, it took two generations for the Bobberstein family to really properly install themselves here. Uh, he is the third generation, and has reaped the benefits of our world without having to go through the hardships of it. Oh, uh, so I think Valentine's brain, maybe we can just do our intellectual yeah, yeah, reactions good. so that everybody knows <laughs> what we're thinking about it as we go through. Because then I'm like, I feel yeah. like we just listened to this, but it might be worth tracking yeah. where, where all of our thoughts are. Uh, Guinevere sounds pretty capable. Sounds like a legitimate threat because she seems confident in what she's doing, which would undoubtedly be attractive. He doesn't know if 
But if this major family is really important, they may not need somebody who's super hungry or ambitious. So she's like a threat. This guy sounds like a bit of a dumbass. Uh, <laughs> unless he turns out to be super capable or something, this seems like a relative non-threat. There's always a chance one of these people is playing dumb and actually very mm. smart. But this seems like a situation where that doesn't seem obviously advantageous. Yeah, that wouldn't occur to Atticus either. He'd be taking all this at face value um, just because he's used to receiving intel um, uh, in a more kind of uh, just sort of fact-based environment. Fact-based, but also just like just like the strictest like need to know information Mm. for someone of his station, right? Like very, very grunt level kind of this is all you need to know kind of stuff. So he's taking this in that fashion of just, this is all he needs to know. There's nothing deeper mm. <laughs> here. So he's like, all right, Guinevere, no problem. Robbie, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> Great. I think Robbie, Robert, Boberstein uh, could be someone who may be used as a pawn by someone else if he's naive. So is Eli thinking that he can play him or what's Eli thinking Eli's about that thinking use? that. Uh, either we can play him or he may be playing being played by someone else and could be a threat of some sort even if he's not aware he is yeah i mean morgan is thinking from her (laughs) pretend captain backstory of the this (laughs) this person seems like this person particularly seems like if they're third generation and they're just like born into this they are probably a schlub but the situation of there being new technology brought in by this person and this family and we're looking for an Eldar and all that stuff is like there might be something weird going on with the new like imports of technology mm. that is happening with this this family in particular. The person does not seem like a particular threat unless we meet them. But the, it's like that backstory seems hanky to her. Mm. And then we all keep listening. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Hugh just looks at all your faces and he's like, I do all in his head. He's like, I always wonder what they're thinking when I give these presentations. <laughs> I bet it's very interesting. Um, <clears throat> so he, uh, he he moves along um, to um, a um, uh, a guy who's just like got aristocrat written all over his features. Just like, you know, just like a tiny, slightly upturned, pointed nose, high cheekbones, wearing just like a bit of makeup. Um, has kind of like uh, meticulously curled hair, tight collar around the neck, um, and uh, just like is looking down his nose into the camera lens. Um, <laughs> and uh, Hugh says, uh, this is uh, Tritimus Versailles. Um, the Versailles family is uh, perhaps rival um, best to both the Fitzgeralds and the uh, the, the Ballin songs. Um, they are uh, responsible for a lot of the building here and own a lot of the uh, property here on Greybridge. Um, the Versailles family uh, has done tremendously well over the years, and uh, Tritimus is the most recent product of their particular brand of aristocracy. He is old money in the deepest sense um, and is uh, known to be very aloof, um, very cold. Uh, However, having grown up with the benefit of uh, all of the wealth of the Versailles family, is incredibly well-read, incredibly intelligent, and uh, has a variety of of talents, um, uh, artistic and at some point, he he was a trained dancer. He really has benefited mm. from a life of being able to just 
learn whatever he wants, and as a result is quite a fascinating, if slightly inscrutable person. Um, you rolled high, so I'm going to give you a little bit more on this. Um, according to the, uh, if Lizzo Lizardman is to be believed, however, the Versailles family is starting to run low on resources. As you may have noticed, our planet is rather developed at this point, and there isn't a whole lot more that can be built. Um, the Fitzgeralds established long ago that uh, buildings could only be four stories tall at the absolute zenith of their build in order to ensure a certain style uh, across the, the society. This has led to some difficulties for the Versailles family as having built all the buildings they could build and having no ability to build larger or higher ones they are running out of options to earn, which is, of course, a problem when you have expenses of extreme wealth from generations. If the money stops, well, things stop. This is, of course, purely rumors and heresy. Only rumblings. I understand you're not interested in grumblings, but of the two. <laughs> um, so there might be something at stake for Tritimus in this particular uh, match with the Duke. Um, for an influx of additional money and perhaps influence with the Fitzgeralds would go a long way to restoring the uh, Versailles family to the money to which they are accustomed. All right, so Valentine is thinking, now we have a threat. Yeah. But we have a threat with an obvious weakness. Uh, this guy, because we know the Duke is looking for someone who is kind of like more of an actual connection than just money. We have an incredibly money-hungry candidate who needs political power to stabilize a house who is also charming, smart, put together, and fascinating, which is just like, oh, fuck. All <laughs> the things Atticus isn't. Um, yep. And Valentine is aware that like the backup plan is Morgan. Morgan's not aware of this. He's not going to bring that up unless it starts to matter. But what we do have is an obvious problem, which is they can't build more than four stories. And if there's a way to solve that problem, Trinimus doesn't have to marry off. And if he's an arrogant dickbag, then he won't want to. So there's the possibility, Valentine is now thinking of, if he can get the Bobbersteins to agree to it, to bring in technology, if buildings can't be built up, they can be built down. If he can get digging technology for people to be able to build underground additional floors to houses, all of a sudden you can create a new renovation craze that the Versailles can take over with the Bobbersteins and take them both out of this fucking equation. So he's got some wow. ideas. Mm. Now you're thinking in Queens University buildings. I know, eh? Mm. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, anyone else have thoughts on uh, Tritimus Versailles? Yeah, Morgan's only thoughts with this guy is similar, like this is a threat, but less that he is a threat to their mission, which obviously Valentine has covered. But Morgan's thought is of the people so far that might find out that we are not who we say we are, I, this guy seems the most threatening because if it's a smart, book learned, quiet, inquisitive guy, it's like this, this is the one we have to be careful around. <laughs> Yes. Likewise, Eli has just thought, like, I need to stay away from this person. It'll be very hard to main maintain any sense of deference towards this guy. He's going to be an asshole. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I like that threat matrix. It's like threat to our mission, threat to our mission, threat to our mission, threat to Eli. Yeah. <laughs> like, threat to Eli, just punch him in the fucking snoot. Yeah. Threat to mission, threat to self, threat to Eli. <laughs> <laughs> Threat, threat to acting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Atticus, are you still on need to know in your brain? Very much so. I think any thoughts he has about Tritimus is, um, he sounds a bit like Valentine. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> Behind you, 
Yes, that's right. This is Morgan Rolls, and I have a secret to share with you. Did you know that some of our inquisitorial band has been sent to us not from the inner workings of the Imperium, but from Patreon? It's true, only special $25 tier patrons can create their own NPCs that will join in the cast of select shows. So what are you waiting for? You can join us if you join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. That's right. Come join now at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. If you think you have what it takes to survive in the grim darkness of the future. So um, Hugh moves along to uh, the next uh, portrait, and um, on this one, his his face uh, kind of falls a little bit. Um, there's a bit of a like like he's he smelled something foul. <laughs> Must um, be void stain. <laughs> uh, well, you'd, you'd think. Um, and uh, the uh, the picture you see here is um, very much of a like um, uh, Rory Culkin uh, sort of uh, circa. Probably succession age, where it's just like he's got that little smirk, oh. and there's just a bit of a shit eater grin. Uh, Rory Culkin, if you don't know, is Macaulay Culkin's younger brother, who has just gone on to like a hell of a career. He's in Scott Pilgrim. Was that Kieran uh, Culkin? Kieran Culkin. Kieran I'm sorry, Culkin. Rory is a different Culkin. Yes, Kieran Culkin. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, famous in my heart for "Look Out, It's That One Guy." Mm. Yep. Never do better than that. Um, Roommate but, Wallace. Uh, but um, yeah, basically just like. If you're looking for a non-Culkin-esque uh, pull for this, just literally a guy who is smiling like he knows something that you should know and is not telling you. Timothy Chalamet? Uh, <laughs> like a, a he slight, doesn't smile. A slightly, yeah, he's, uh, less he's pretty just Timothy Chalamet. blue steel. Yeah. But um, yeah, very much just that sense of like, I know something that you don't know. Um, and it's even from the photo, it's like he's leaning through, baiting you to ask what he's so so smug about. Um, and... Uh, uh, Hugh says, uh, this is um, uh, Venkari Kiros. Uh, the Kiros family is a, a bit of an interesting one. Um, when Versailles was tied up building things and Balansong was tied up uh, creating the ship industry, uh, the Kiros family saw an opportunity to uh, simply improve upon everything that had already been made here. They are responsible for a lot of the decoration you see, a lot of the style of the society, rests with them. And in fact, um, both uh, building decoration and fashion is heavily influenced by by them even to this day. On that note, when we we do decide to, um, well, uh, zhuzh up the, uh, the estate here, uh, you will very likely be purchasing uh, Kuros adornments for it, as they are still the most popular and highest sought after goods on the planet. Um, as a result of this, they've made a tremendous amount of money without having to do nearly as much work. They have uh, stood on the shoulders of giants, as it were, uh, and it has rubbed the Versailles family in particular the wrong way for years. While the Balansong have been relatively appreciative of someone turning a, an artistic eye to their work, um, the Versailles family has always resented uh, the Kiros family stepping in to beautify their works, uh, having thought their works were beautiful enough on their own. Venikari uh, is the um, uh, youngest son uh, of the Kiros family. The other siblings have all already been married off, 
And it is well known that he is incredibly bored, uh, which is a dangerous thing for someone with uh, tremendous wealth. The rumor is that he has entered uh, the uh, the race for the Duke's hand uh, simply for sport, that this is uh, an entertainment and a prize. Unfortunately, it is rumored that the Duke Wickstrop likes his moxie and as a result is uh, rather attracted in a, uh, you know, the classic bad boy situation, as it were. Um, but Venicari has a rather um, heavy reputation around town for um, getting up to no good, which seems to be a, a point of uh, allurement for the Duke, um, a point of amusement for the king, and a point of frustration for the other houses. Um I myself um, have had uh, compatriots who have gone to work for the Kiros family, all of whom have been treated terribly. So I do not uh, have much love in my heart for them if I'm being for successes honest. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Valentine thinks this dude's annoying because it's the same niche we want to play to interests of for Atticus. His family's very powerful, but he also sounds like He's kind of an idiot because he's like out for his own entertainment and his staff hate him, which is the best. Because if we've got an in with the staff, yep. that'll be the easiest house for us to get actual information on. And if this guy's out like doing like speed ship chases and other dumb shit, he's the easiest one to like just have a really tragic accident <laughs> <laughs> and just be eliminated mm-hmm. from from the games in that way. So a threat, he doesn't like it. But we haven't committed Atticus to any sort of personality publicly yet. So we can still kind of decide what dear Francois' take is to, to yeah. draw in attention. Uh, still, less scary than Trinimus, but complicated. Yeah, Atticus, um, Atticus was banking on being the exciting uh, uh, candidate, um, being from off world and having seen action however that's going to be interpreted by nobles when one of them is in the military <laughs> or, or whatever it is um so yeah I'm atticus bring is, excitement to your life <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah atticus is, is me you feel things for the first time <laughs> I live my life a quarter of a mile at a time stop stealing all my lines <laughs> <laughs> i need those to flirt um uh, so yeah, he he actually does think of Venkari as a fairly legitimate threat, and uh, uh, I think surprisingly to, I guess maybe the audience. I don't think like we're not really sharing our <laughs> thoughts with each other yet. But uh, he's uh, thinking something similar to Valentine of like, it'd be a shame if something were to happen to this Venkari. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Morgan. You, Morgan tracked at first that Hugh had an instant reaction. It was going to ask, but he then r- r- said that it was personal. So Morgan's thinking along the lines of, yeah, and if something does happen to this man, maybe then we can have more servants or more people who will be loyal if this person is shitty in such an obvious way. Yeah. Dig it. Eli, any thoughts? Oh, he's just, Eli's just wondering, is it possible to kill them all? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> circling right back around to where we started. Yep. Eli's plan is an Ouroboros yeah. of more information. Can we kill them all? Yeah, it's like everyone's looking at like, uh, you know, files. And it's like, oh, yeah, there's like there's the ship. There's this, there's this. And it's like the camera pans to Eli, whose eyes are just slowly dropping to the umbrella shotgun. <laughs> thing, Nuke the planet. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody else has all the strings between things. Eli has a list of targets with a gun drawn next to their head just in a row. Just crosshair yeah. stickers. Just check mark boxes ready to when, when things are eliminated. <laughs> What's your plan, Eli? Pew, pew, pew. Yeah. <laughs> um, Playing right. the violin with the gun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, that's the sound it makes. Um, okay. Um, and then uh, he moves along to a uh, uh, to the, the final picture. Um, and this one is uh, just like a, a young Paul Giamatti. Um, just that, like that hangdog expression, just kind of like eyes a bit sunken. Um, just kind of his whole face is is kind of like drooping with the exhaustion of the world. Um, and, uh, you know, he's, he's got um, stubble. His hair's a little unkempt. And he's just kind of like looking at the camera, almost like it's an obligation. It's so, like someone be like, hey, sorry, you need to look at the camera before I can take this. <laughs> so it really is that kind of photo where it's just kind of like a look up and a, all right, here you go. Um, kind of way. like the Charlie Brown theme is practically playing as you, you look okay. at this this man, and um, he says, um, and uh, finally we have um, Sakatur uh, Voidstein. Um, the Voidstein family is a bit of an oddity on on the society. Um, we realized long ago that um, the local in- enforcement is it really only has two modes. It has the king orders you executed or exile really but there was a lot of gray space in the middle that there wasn't really we as you've seen we don't really have a police force per se or at least we we didn't um the house that uh is now known as void stain um they forced the king's hand the fitzgeralds had to implement a new system it's why we now have a lot of security in space and why you will see armed guards around um, and also unfortunately forced the necessity of the Cloud Palace as Sakatur's uh, ancestors uh, planned a, a, a palace coup alongside a traveling, um, well, he presented himself as a religious figure, but as we were informed uh, later, uh, was a um, occultist of uh, one of the unspeakable evils that um, the, the the God Emperor protects us from. Uh, the Voidstein family stood with this man and attempted to overthrow the throne for their own benefit, although they later learned it was in fact in in the name of one of these unspeakable dark gods. Um, the family was executed, of course. Uh, the uh, cultist was was put down in rather spectacular fashion, and the, the tone of the society changed ever so slightly. You will notice that we're not allowed to open carry weapons anymore. That is because only the Fitzgeralds and their retinue are allowed to control. He kind of like looks to your weapons, um, Valentine says. I, I would recommend um, disposing of those before you go out and about. It would be, um, well, a shootable offense, uh, to be quite blunt. Uh, and then he looks over at Eli and he's like, same thing with the umbrella shotgun, sir. <laughs> Uh, I thought this, you'd say it's that. It's just an umbrella. Yes, of course. Well, that particular umbrella should probably stay on your ship. After all, it's meant to stop things falling from above rather than expelling things outward in a violent burst. Um, Agreed, <laughs> says Valentine, where he's standing by the door, to be clear. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he says, in any case, 
uh, Sakatur was the uh, the the youngest uh, is the son of the youngest nephew of the the Voidstein uh, family. Only a few distant relatives uh, survived the purge, uh, having been cleared of of all charges. Um, of course, the uh, the void stain, as it were, um, lingers on the family such that uh, they were renamed as a point of shame. Um, this has been now uh, two two full generations since uh, since the the destruction of the house, and only now um, is are they starting to take their their first trembling steps back into the society. Uh, Sacatur is known to be incredibly intelligent, if somewhat quiet, uh, and he's has certainly felt the results of being shunned and being a, a part of the family for some time. Many think he would rather have his nose in a book than in any part of the society that has so spurred him. Unfortunately, the Void Stains are certainly not welcome anywhere else in the galaxy and thus are trying to make their way here. Interestingly, the family was able to retain a degree of wealth, uh, particularly when proven that the distant relatives who had earned their money in a variety of, of different uh, sort of more handyman-style jobs around uh, the the city, um, plumbing, uh, electrical, those sorts mm-hmm. of things. Um, the family was incredibly vital, and the uh, services they provided incredibly vital, such that when the royal house attempted to take over those functions, they all ceased to work rather quickly. As a result, the uh, exemption was given for the the distant relatives. And so the Voidstain family continues to um, act as part of the maintenance team with, of course, oversight from the throne on all jobs. They're rarely left alone, and everyone thinks it is uh, rather a bold choice for Sakatur to step forward. But many believe that uh, his uh, his mothers believe this to be the only way that the family can re-enter the society in any way, shape, or form. Uh, Lizard Lizardman has his chances at almost zero, but they are absolutely thrilled that he's attempting it. It is one of the stranger things we have seen, and after all, who doesn't love a redemption story? All right, Valentine doesn't know what to think of this motherfucker, but that's not enough information to be sure one way or the other. This is a big old question mark. Valentine does not like big old question marks. Yeah. Anybody else have their own internal thoughts? Morgan is like internal sirens. (laughs) Cult people, (laughs) cult people. Mm, Don't like, not good. He's the exactly the same threat as the rest of them to Eli. <laughs> Eli just doesn't want to talk to him. Peels another target sticker off the sheet. Yeah. It's like, a, yeah, I mean, a little bit worse because of the uh, cultish stuff going on. And, and Eli's put down a number of, you know, cults on ships and stuff that they boarded. So, yeah, Atticus doesn't know why this entire bloodline wasn't like struck from the annals of history. Like this planet has truly lost its way. <laughs> They need it all needs to be burnt down. <laughs> all right, and then finally, Hugh moves along to uh, a picture of. Uh, oh, I gotta pull the name back up because it's nine names. Uh, Frederick Henry Jackson Dendrick oh Luther Fitzgerald, oh, yeah. uh, the King of of Greybridge, uh, and this is uh, Don Cheadle at his his most impish. Um, so okay. like I'm talking Cheadle in like House of Lies. Yes, or the best in, Cheadle. Yeah, or in the um, horniest Cheadle. Oh yeah. I mean, okay, I was gonna say or in Black Cheadle. Monday, yeah. which is also a very horny impish Cheadle. Uh, they go hand in hand. Um, but just like again, that easy smile, um, and uh, and just a, a clear sense of of uh, of command. 
Um, and uh, Hugh says, and uh, finally, uh, we come to the Fitzgeralds. So it's him, and then next to him is his uh, cousin, who is uh, just straight up Henry Cavill. Just, I, I, I'm getting him into the Warhammer first, first. So take that. Amazon, we did it. Canonically, Henry Cavill is Duke Wickstrop here, and we're done. Congratulations, everybody. Well, now it's going to be a race to see which of us fucks Duke's whips. So if that's what's right, there you go. Go reload those at, uh, abs arms. Like you reload both. Those abs. Are you kidding? Both. Get him in a bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> Toss a coin to your Duke Wickstrop. He says, so the Fitzgeralds um, were uh, tasked um, by uh, the the Lords of Terra uh, to resettle and uh, rebuild Greybridge after the um, uh, the unpleasantness uh, that this planet previously had. Um, the earliest uh, there there are rumors and and hearsay. Uh, Lizard Lizardman has been quite explicit uh, that she believes, um, or they, or he. We actually don't know. Lizard Lizardman suggests that, uh, and others have that have preceded them, that uh, there may be a familial connection to the Terra in some way, shape, or form that led to an otherwise unknown family suddenly being granted the domain of a full planet. Uh, it does seem rather odd, but honestly, amongst the society, the Fitzgeralds have ruled for so long that it is almost immaterial. They are as old as the planet, as old as the society itself, and indeed are the architects of it. They've been able to uh, benefit from all industry that has come up here. All of the family's uh, industries have paid into the Fitzgerald's pockets, though they seem to have wealth all their own. Um, the majority of the Fitzgeralds live in the Cloud Palace um, and rarely descend down into the society itself. Um, when they do, it is often for events like a celestial season. Um, but uh, uh, the king himself, uh, Frederick, is known for his uh, love of, of um, sport and games and entertainments um, and is, uh, is well-loved by the citizens of the society. There is always a bit of a chafing when one has to pay one's wealth to a royal family, but uh, Frederick Henry Jackson Dendrick Luther Fitzgerald is, is indeed, of the Fitzgeralds, the planet has seen, uh, one of the better ones. <laughs> Little is known about Duke Wickstrop. Um, he is uh, quiet and brooding, uh, which of course has led the society to be ever so curious about what his deal is. Um, he has expressed uh, some uh, reticence at being part of the Celestial Season, and yet being the last uh, eligible uh, member of the Fitzgerald bloodline, he is, uh, of course, a necessity in being a part of this. It does seem he is interested in a legitimate connection, as I have told you. Um, Lizard Lizardman suggests that uh, behind his brooding exterior, there is indeed a, a beating heart worth winning, but uh, of course... Nah, how... it just means he's boring. Also possible. <laughs> uh, Whoever said that. Um, Liz Elizabeth also says it's possible he's just boring. Um, there is uh, indeed the term smolder has been thrown around a lot, uh, but little is known of him. He uh, he has spent a lot of time in the, uh, the Cloud Palace himself. Um, however, he does seem to be putting in an effort, as, as it were. So I'm sure you, you will see him about, and he will, of course, be involved in, in the, the variety of events. Um, as uh, I previously mentioned, the Fitzgerald family uh, is running out of heirs, and uh, unfortunately, um, 
Frederick, amongst uh, some of his relatives, uh, have, have made some uh, poor choices of, of who to marry uh, over time. Uh, Frederick himself is uh, twice divorced, um, and uh, uh, neither is on uh, speaking terms with neither of them. Uh, as a result, there is some concern about the future of the house. Greybridge would not function without a Fitzgerald of some sort on the throne, and Frederick has frankly made it rather clear that he doesn't care that much as long as someone in the family line picks it up. He's not concerned about, you know, his child taking the throne. Um, one thing about Frederick is he is rather distracted a lot of the time. His uh, pursuit of entertainment does mean that he is often less concerned about the running of the society. But between the Bond songs, the Versailles, and uh, the Kiros, that hasn't been an issue to this point. Uh, not many know whether the Duke will actually be a good ruler, uh, nor that he will indeed become a ruler, but um, that is where the rumors are pointing. So uh, that is what, uh, thank you for attending my uh, <laughs> my, my TED talk. Uh, TED is a wonderful speaker here on Greybridge, and we, 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 we named these after him. Um, so uh, if you have any questions, I'm happy to attempt to answer them. However, with your four successes, I've given you a lot of information <laughs> yeah. and would be loath to give you much more. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think Valentine actually feels like they've got what they need. And the mm. questions that he would ask would give away too much what they're thinking. And that's an on the ship, no one hears it conversation, yeah, not yeah. a let's talk in the house chat. Uh, he does have two questions. And he'll say, so from what you've stated, we will be participating in a hunt, a race, and a dance. There will also be a gala ball and that we will need to host an event on this property, I believe. Uh, yes, that is correct. So, of of the events, um, there is the, uh, the the race um, will will occur both. Um, it's a bit of a uh, a two part race. Uh, one part will take place on in Greybridge itself uh, to show your your ability to uh, handle some of the local um, uh, local creatures. Uh, however, given our creatures, of, uh, oh yes, uh, there are some uh, domesticated animals that are very similar to horses, but are uh, have feathers in a couple places to make them cool in sci fi. Oh, good. Oh. I hate when animals aren't sci-fi. Yes, you must have the sci-fi. Wait, so is it the race also the hunt? Uh, no, they're two separate things. So you start you're on a horse. Racing animals? You start on a horse. You ride that horse onto a ship, but then you take off with the ship and you race around space a little bit and you come back. We'll see who wins. And then you shoot the horse. That's the hunting part. <laughs> Shooting the horse is optional. No, uh, you, you will ride that horse for the hunt later. It's, it's <laughs> that, that horse is, you're going to need, oh, you will need a good horse, by the way. Okay. So I assume need... you brought some with you. What's What's a horse? We'll we'll come to that. Let's focus on the information we can get here. So race first. Uh, yes, race first, uh, followed uh, by... So it's important to note that the dances and the social parties are quite a big part of this. Uh, the various houses will each be uh, vying to host something, which is why you must absolutely attempt to host one of these. The uh, welcome party will, of course, be thrown by the ball and songs, just given their, their station and their position. Um, the... Uh, so each, it's important to note that each season uh, of, of the four seasons will occur in a span of weeks. Uh, that's one of the wonderful things that Cloud Palace does. Of course, Lord Van Houten, you know this. Uh, this has been a famous part of our, our planet, but for your, your friends. Um, in spring, we shall have the race and the, the welcome dance. Uh, that will be coming up rather shortly. You've probably already noticed uh, the rain is starting to let up as uh, our, our king begins to shape the very nature of the weather. He says, like, like a person who's really proud of their hometown, uh, yeah. looking around at, like, Valentine and uh, Morgan and Eli. Valentine has metal eyes and is completely unreadable, but good luck to this guy. <laughs> oh, he just, you know, it's more for him than you. Uh, so we get uh, the welcome dance, and uh, we have the race. Yep. In uh, summer, we have the hunt. 
and a party. Is anybody scheduled to host the party? Uh, everyone is going to be vying for these. Um, if okay. you want to try and buy your way into one of them, you can. Okay. Um, in fall, uh, we have... Uh, um, this is uh, rather a silly one. Uh, we have uh, a demonstration of art. Uh, and finally, in winter, uh, we have the dance, which leads directly into kind of like the the big gala event. So that one's going to be hosted by the throne. Um, so you're kind of out of luck on that. The things you could possibly host are... Is there a social event in oh, fall? Oh, in fall, yes. I'm sorry. There is a... Uh, an, there's always a party. So there's a party there. Uh, okay. The parties involve dancing. The dance is just a straight up, like, you have to be able to do a cool dance, otherwise you're, you're fucked. <sighs> yeah. Um, so in terms of uh, the places you could try and insert yourselves... Um, the two, the summer and fall parties are uh, sort of up for grabs. The welcome party is being thrown by the ball and songs um, mm -hmm. because they have the money to do so. And uh, the final gala um, will take place um, essentially partially on ground and then partially in the outer grounds of the Cloud Palace. That all makes sense. Okay. On uh, a, I should point out, a detachable platform <laughs> that is attached to the Cloud Palace. So if things go wrong, they can just drop it. Jesus. <laughs> yep. Oh, no, I'll check out to Valentine. He's like, finally, someone has decent security. Um, uh, Valentine's final question will be, Hugh, you've referred to the society multiple times, which traditionally grammatically means that there is a more formal version of the society, the society of blank, the society continuation to full mm. name. What is there a full name of the society? Oh, no, uh, we are simply known as the society. It's, uh, it, you know, um, it over time, um, people would say like, oh, it's, you know, it, it's it's proper in in fine society, and eventually we just drop that part. So, you know, there there certainly is a civilization beyond Greybridge. We're aware, but here we are the society, and one one must follow the society's rules and and um, make a good show in the society if one wants to raise one's station. Thank you. I just wanted to be sure of the proper terms. Yes, yes. If you just throw the in front of it and then speak with somewhat uh, deference and reverence, as well as a sense of like, of course, we all know this, then generally people will go, mm, yes, excellent. Atticus is going to remember that. <laughs> That little trick <laughs> to say the in front of a bunch of nouns. <laughs> Eli is just like waiting for winter. Yeah. <laughs> Does anyone else have any questions for our esteemed guest? Uh, we know that the race is uh, partly on the surface of the planet and then in space. Uh, do we know anything about the hunt? Ah, yes. So um, we're the, the one of the only wild spaces left, aside from, unfortunately, our property here, um, is the former grounds of the Cloud Palace. Uh, the building itself used to, was built uh, on, on Greybridge, um, unfortunately, after the unpleasantness with the, uh, the, the Voidstain Rebellion. Um, it was uh, tactically removed from the surface and now floats up amongst the, in, in the sky. Um, that said, the royal grounds are still very impressive, and there's a variety of, of local wildlife. Um, truly, uh, it is a, a favored pastime of uh, King uh, uh, Frederick, uh, sorry, Fitzgerald, his first name is Frederick, so I was right the first time. Uh, King Frederick uh, is known to, to love the hunt, and as a result, the, um, the groundskeepers ensure that the local wildlife population remains um, protected for hunting purposes, as well as uh, that it, it continues to to flourish. So there's a variety of wildlife, small and large. Of course, the larger the game you can catch and kill, um, the the better uh, people will, will view it. But um, What's the largest game on the planet? 
Ah, well, um, that would be uh, the Ehrlich. Uh, it is a, a beautiful animal, um, uh, large, uh, sort of with a squat snout, um, and a, a series of uh, sort of large branching antlers that run uh, across the crest of its head and then down across its back. Uh, the meat is absolutely delicious if cooked correctly and palatable if cooked incorrectly. Um, you will actually see, um, and uh, it kind of like steps on something squingy on the floor. And he's like, uh, this was once a, a Ehrlich pelt, actually. Um, they are uh, incredibly sought after uh, for, for adornment. Um, unfortunately, this one has seen the, well, ravages of time. Uh, but yes, if you can find an Ehrlich, they are rare, um, bluntly speaking, uh, with, with apologies to uh, your lordship. Uh, they don't like to fuck, uh, so they are hard to, the population is always low. They are Rather dumb animals, if I'm being quite honest, uh, but incredibly fierce, difficult to catch, and incredibly rare. Took Atticus a second, but he gets it now. He's like, I, I don't want to fuck the earth. <laughs> <laughs> but now, now he's got it. Okay. Um, Valentine's Day for side. In terms of the hunt, does one undertake the hunt solo, or are these uh, aristocratic teams of hunters? Uh, well, um, if the the Lord can take one uh, sort of companion with them, of course, to to go pick up the the animal and to uh, take care of their guns and, and that sort of thing. Uh, uh, essentially, a hunt caddy, if you will. Excellent, excellent. That is good to know. Uh, it is worth noting, of course, um, uh, Captain, if you did choose to enter the hunt yourself or, or such things, um, anyone can enter any number of these events. Uh, of course, you wouldn't be, you know, hunting on behalf of your lord. Uh, you'd be hunting if you sought the, the duke's hand yourself. Um, and I suppose that, well, uh, you have to be somewhat noble or special, so that doesn't really account for either of you or me. Um, but uh, as uh, someone who is society-adjacent, Captain, you'd be most welcome. Uh, just remember that it would be for you, not for him. Excellent, excellent. If you have no other questions, my lord, would you like to... Perhaps I shall prepare your chambers. You can retire for a rest. You may. Excellent, excellent. Thank you, Hugh. Thank you for your hard work. We appreciate all of this, and it's time for us to be about our day. I will be in touch soon about our plans for this manor and this property. Wonderful. The Voidstein technician should be here um, in a few hours to begin to wire this place again. Majestic, majestic. <laughs> majestic. Uh, and then Valentine will just kind of give everybody nods and then hurry out of there to go, quote unquote, set up the quarters on yep. the ship. Let's get back on the ship. Get yeah. back on the boat. Yeah. All right, everyone. Seems like we understand at least the terms and our competition. I believe it's time for us to make a plan. This episode of The Valentine Heresy features Ryan Laplante at the Ryan Laplante on Twitter as Inquisitor Lucius Valentine, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter as Atticus Viz, Laura Hamstra at E.L. Hamstring on Twitter as Eli Sharp, Del Borovic at Del Tastic on Twitter as Morgan Rawls, and our Game Master Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and the Valentine Heresy's artwork was created by Del Borovic at delborovic.com, D-E-L-B-O-R-O-V-I-C. Our theme song is The Hordes by Megan McDuffie, and our ads use the tracks No Control and Chief Spy Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R, available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We have merchandise available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice, and most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. 
Ave Imperator, and death to all the heretics. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, Richard Cranium, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Grandma Likes D&D, Alan, Stabby Stranger, Glitch Trick, Flynn1138, Alorain Okapi, OMG It's Big Nick, D&D and Things, Schrodinger's Pepper, Guy Edwards, Flea Unit, Madre de Gatos, Lady Maiden, Nithrian, Garbo Ape, Locke, Sam Schaefer, Waffle Marine, Dagger Rain, Rob L, Dia de los Hoodless, Diovasis, Loki Burrito, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Sure I can't get you a drink? Uh, I, um... They'd had a moment, hadn't they? That afternoon when Garrett had smiled just like this, warm-eyed and amused in a way that made Tony want another cigarette, but also want to step forward and... Hey, Kate, what are you writing? Ah! New text post on Thursday, May 21st. Title. Why you should be watching Selkirk. So, Selkirk fandom, who wants to read my 5,000 word essay, Garrett, last name, Secret Werewolf? I'm Kate, by the way. They kissed? I think I lucked out when I found Selkirk. Because if I'd loved something else, I would have made friends, and I would have been able to read a ton of great stories. But this way, I met you. Me and Day You, a new story about love and fandom from the Procyon Podcast Network.